good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Y'all, y'all forgive me this morning. Right, y'all, y'all forgive me. My internet, my internet don't like me this morning, and it wants me to put pause on it. I'm so sorry. For anybody who anybody who might have heard me in my uh, you know, not not uh, brightest moment uh, about 34 seconds ago, you know, I do apologize. Um, and you know, I don't edit nothing. I leave it all. I'm just I'm raw. I'm like, you know what? They need to hear all the shenanigans so that they know that we are human therapists, that we are human sports advocates we are human mental health awareness advocates look folks i'm dr lauren pitts sports family therapist licensed marriage and family therapist this is house talk pregame that crazy fool welcome back to episode this i believe this is episode 122 i need to go back i think this is 122 yeah. i was telling dr pitts uh before we started i feel like this has been the the slowest fastest week uh in a while like it felt like the first part of the week went by really slow then like the middle of the week sped up and then it kind of went back slow again. So it's like somebody trying to learn how to drive a stick. Or right. Gonna, yeah. When you first learned how to drive it, you hit the brake. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the brake and again. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you just jerking. Oh it. man. man. In the parking oh. lot around the school. Ooh, don't give him the license. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Happy Saturday, people. Happy Saturday. I remember the first time I tried to drive a stick shift. Yeah, I see. Uh, speaking of the draft, I see. Um, I see the Buffalo Bills uh, jumped up a pick before y'all and, and took y'all's person. But I mean, y'all, y'all seem like y'all got a, a decent pick. Um, it seems like the Eagles, the rich, keep on getting richer. Um, yeah, the Eagles is they're loading up the deck on us. That defensive line is about to be. Oh my god, their defense is gonna be elite. Like now, now we'll say this though. I will say this though about the Eagles, and we talked about this. Well, we talked you about said that they online. lost some coaches. With they they lost a bunch. They of lost people. their they lost their entire. They lost both OCs. They lost their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and they basically lost their entire defensive staff. So they have a whole brand new defensive mm-hmm. staff. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the one thing about where the Eagles are at this state of their franchise is they have a lot of veteran pre- presence. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able. They were able to keep a lot of their veterans on the team. Like you got Fletcher Cox. You got mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the other dude? I think he's number ninety-seven. I can't think of his name. Um, Graham. Yeah, Graham. Brandon yeah, Graham. Graham. So you, so you got you got a lot of those veterans mm-hmm. on there, and then you got uh, Jordan Davis that was at Georgia last year. You got Nicobe yeah. Dean who was at Georgia last year. They just yeah. added two more Georgia. They whole uh, team is Georgia. <laughs> Literally. I seen somebody have the Eagles logo with the Georgia as the the Georgia G as the G for the Eagles. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, it it really just goes to show you how how um how much talent Georgia really has on their defensive side yeah. of the ball. Um, so yeah, it, it's been an interesting draft. I think the most interesting pick so far of the draft, in my in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. I think the Colts took a gamble at number four with uh, Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, I mean, phenomenal talent, obviously, you know, got mm-hmm. a, got a cannon on his right arm, um, uh, mm-hmm. can jump out the gym fast, mm-hmm. uh, very mobile, very athletic. Um, I've seen, they've been throwing around the comparisons of him being like Donovan McNabb, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, is a, probably we'll see if that's an accurate you know, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. comparison. Donovan McNabb was very successful in his own right. Um, yeah. the one thing I will say that I am optimistic about Anthony Richardson 
is that the Colts actually got the Eagles offensive coordinator mm-hmm. this coming season. So mm-hmm. off jump, I would imagine with him and Jonathan Taylor, um, mm-hmm. I would imagine you're probably going to see a lot of similarities in which the Eagles ran last year in their uh, yeah. hybrid offense, you know, yeah. kind of mixing up a lot of uh, quarterback design runs, quarterback design mm-hmm. powers, um, which will also help uh, Jonathan Taylor out too, because yeah. for the last two seasons, he's been the bell cow. So mm-hmm. you know, now you kind of have like a pseudo running back as your quarterback who can help mm-hmm. take some of that relief off of Jonathan and keep the right. defensive honest, especially when they run um, yeah. some of the RPO and stuff like that, some of those type of plays and everything. So I think that was phenomenal. Um, the Steelers, we got a dog. Oh, my God. They, they said because y'all got T, y'all got TJ, right? We got TJ Watt, but they were talking about the, the being able to give the Watt the Watt brother. Which oh oh Paris Johnson the the left tap oh go, go yo I said oh, no. and because I, I thought I meant to text you I'm like sitting. <laughs> hey look, I always tell people I don't care what nobody says about football highlights. There is nothing better than watching offensive linemen highlights during the draft. Oh my <laughs> god, when I saw we drafted Paris Johnson, I was yo. Dog, six seven, three thirty, dancing bear. Like I mean, literally a dancing bear. He's six seven, three thirty, and ran a five point zero one forty. Man can move. What? Hey, look, you see somebody like that running at you? You just you just side shuffle out the way. You just like you go. Like, let me get out the way real quick. Like that's a that's a lot of man coming at you at one time. Yeah, man. Lot of man. But, I didn't um, notice that. I was like, "These, there's some big boys in the jar. I mean, there, you know, there's always, but I was like, these some big men. Right, right. Shout out to, um, oh, I just, lo- I just lost my train of thought. Uh, who was I about to shout out in the draft? Um, oh, not the draft, but shout out to Lamar Jackson. Got his money. Yeah, his he money. did. And shout he out to, and shout out he to got Lamar all Jackson that paper. <laughs> yeah. He got all that paper. Yeah, he saved he saved his little six percent, you know. I, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it, it's cool. No, three percent. I think NFL agents get three percent. Yeah. What you think about what? them getting um uh oh Odell? Yeah, man. Um, I hope he stays healthy. If he stays I, healthy, I he... it's gonna be ridiculous. And the, and the receiver they just drafted Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Mm-hmm. He's a speed receiver and a possession receiver. Yeah, it's gonna be funky. Um, they they look really and they no, got a linebacker yeah. too. Um, they had got a linebacker uh in the third round or something like that. I think or DB or mm-hmm. linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you got Aaron Rodgers. He went to the Jets this week too. Yeah, the AFC. It's the AFC is going to be loaded. The AFC is going to be yeah. absolutely loaded. If you come out of the AFC, you most likely will probably win the Super Bowl. Like it's gonna um, be interesting. This thing it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. You know what I thought was really interesting, and I wanted to throw it out there real quick because that you know we look at everything but our clinical hat, right? And I forget the boy's name, um, the Kentucky quarterback. Oh, Will Levis. I was, I was watching him deflate. Oh yeah, like you could. It was my heart. It happens every year. It almost happens every single year. Yeah, because I'm like you. Like you could just see the 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 air leaving him, and it was like every time he didn't get called, and it was like by the time the night was over, 
he the look on his face and you could see his anxiety was like he he was oh, yeah. he couldn't sit still. I, I would imagine also gets a little bit of or girlfriend beside I would imagine this all gets a little bit embarrassing too yeah 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 it like, was i was like okay he's gonna need support because <laughs> yeah. it was so evident that his whole his whole demeanor, everything, just shifted, I, and you could just see the the, the that gray blanket mm-hmm. just come over, come over. From from like, what oh. I was reading, um, apparently his persona rubbed a lot of teams the wrong way. Ah, um, okay. he was getting some of the Johnny Manziel comparisons. He was getting some of the mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield comparisons. Some of the Ooh. Jared Goff comparisons. Okay. Um, Basically, these quarterbacks who come in and they they love playing football, but they're not in love with playing football. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've talked about this before. You know, the one yeah. thing that the NFL values the most is, you know, an athlete's need to be a part of the NFL. Right, um, right, right. And right, right, so right. I think in his case, because, I mean, he had a decent season. He, you know, he has the build. He has, you know, he's yeah. a prototypical quarterback, got the size, yeah. the build, the arm. Um, they say he might have the intellect and whatnot. Um, but I think too, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think he got picked up by Tennessee. Tennessee yeah, might be Tennessee able, to, finally got able to do something with him. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We, you know, we'll yeah. we'll see how it goes for yeah. him. I if I would have said I would have said this, if Carolina would have drafted him at number one, like a lot of people had started floating the day of the draft, right? right. I wouldn't have watched the rest of it. I would have turned the TV yeah. off. Yeah, I, you know. I thought I it was interesting. I mean, he was absolutely. he was the lonesome dove. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, on the stage, it, I peeped that. It reminded me of Lamar Jackson, his draft when he was the mm-hmm. last one in the green room. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, mm-hmm. was had that same fate happen. He dropped all the way to pick number twenty four to Green Bay mm-hmm. when they thought he was going to be a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it happen, you know. And, and yep. I would imagine, especially for Will Levis, I would imagine by probably pick number fifteen. Like it's kind of like. All right. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, shout out to him for being drafted. Shout out to all the uh, NFL uh, players who have been drafted in the first three rounds. I think rounds yeah. four through seven are today. At we'll starting at eleven, our, um, what, twelve noon. Yeah, 12 we'll see a lot of our uh, possible HBCU alum um, getting a chance to uh, um, be drafted, and some of those alum include uh, we got Mark Evans the second. Mm-hmm. Offensive lineman out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, mm-hmm. He's looking somewhere between the late rounds. Oh, actually, they say as early as the third round. Um, mm-hmm. so I wonder if he did get picked up or not in the third round yesterday. Um, I don't remember saying anything about an HBC player getting drafted last night. Yeah, me neither. Um, Isaiah Land, linebacker out of uh, FAMU. Um, mm. He's looking at a possible uh, a late round pick. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Kamari Averett, a uh, tight end of Bethune Cookman. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Aubrey Miller, and uh, if people were watching closely at Jackson State last year, he was the lead linebacker for Jackson State. Phenomenal mm-hmm. player, uh, great nose for the ball. Um, and we also have Shaquan Davis, wide receiver from South Carolina State. Now, for mm-hmm. those who had a chance to watch um, the Celebration Bowl, got a chance to see him uh, shine and everything in that game as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got Jordan Lewis, defensive lineman out of Southern. Um, mm-hmm. we got uh Jada Kiss Barnes uh, of Hampton. Mm-hmm. That's a dope first mm-hmm. name too. Keyshawn Moore from Hampton too. He's a defensive end. Okay, we're okay. Shout out to Hampton. 
Yeah. We got Xavier. We got Xavier Smith of uh, FAMU um, on the watch board. We got uh, Sundiata Anderson, defensive lineman from Grambling State. Shout out to Graham. Jason Dumas, other. I, I don't even want to say this next person name because of where they play at, but I'm going to shout him out anyway because he's in this position. Um, shout out to Joshua Pryor, defensive lineman from Bowie State University. Um, <laughs> so ignorant. <laughs> Can't take you nowhere. From Bowie State University. And we have next uh, Emmanuel Wilson, running back from Fort Valley State. And I know Fort Valley right. State's colors was blue, white, and yellow. I thought they was green. That must be Miss. I'm just thinking Mississippi uh, Valley. Uh, we got Isaiah Bolden from Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Um, we got nice. Andrew Farmer uh, from Lane College. Okay, shout out Lane. Okay, word. Um, we got Ronnie Thomas, linebacker from Mississippi Valley State. Um, we got Kashawn Moore, D-lineman from Hampton that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. So shout out to those um, 16 gentlemen. Well, 15. I hope, um, you know, you all get to um, experience that uh, that uh, accomplishment of reaching the NFL, yeah. having your dreams realized. And, you know, nice. with anything, we always say with any goal that you achieve, you know, the, the next thing is that's where the real work begins. Yeah, indeed. Um, so and that's what a lot of the recruits were saying that they were, you right. know, when they were doing the little one-on-one injuries, they were like, it's time to go to work. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to work. You don't you don't just work that hard to get there. You work that hard to belong right. there. So, and to stay. Uh, <laughs> right. And to so, stay. So shout out to those uh individuals for that. Yeah. Um as we transition, well, I know we didn't uh, necessarily mention our topic and everything. Uh so forgive us for that. You know, we started talking right about football, but um, uh, we do have a great topic lined up for everybody today. Um mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant has a famous quote, um, and I love it. I love it. Um, when his younger years, and you know, mm-hmm. they always say there's no I in team, but there's a me in that MF though. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna be talking about you know what it means to really be a uh, a teammate, uh, a team mm-hmm. leader, um, and what to look out for in possible teammates who you know can be a cancer to the team, and, and how you can kind of mm-hmm. mitigate that and eliminate some of those things and really you know strengthen your team. Um, mm-hmm. So we're gonna get into that topic in a few. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, and I wanted your thoughts on it too. Um, mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> for those who have been watching the NBA playoffs uh, this postseason, uh, we just saw that the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks um, just got gentlemen swept by the Miami Heat. Um, shout out to Playoff Jimmy. Um, playoff Jimmy is just absolutely uh, phenomenal. Like, I mean, he has been on a tear. Um, but one of the things that came from that. So the Bucks lost, and the Bucks were the you know um, one of the top three favorites beginning of the season. Going into the playoffs, they had the best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they had the highest odds of winning the championship based off all the sports betting books and stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And by the time the playoffs are over with, and they come out with the All NBA teams, um, the Bucks are going to have at least three people on the All NBA teams and at least three players on the All Defensive teams. Um, so I say all that to say the Bucks are very loaded. Um, mm-hmm. phenomenal team. They just won the title two years ago. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. And they arguably have the greatest player in the uh, world right now, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Giannis, so after the game, went to the podium and uh one of the reporters asked Giannis, um, you know, do you consider this season a failure? And for all those who have been on social media, 
Um, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen, you know, Giannis's response, you know, talking about, you know, what is failure, what is success and things like that. And I'm going to, you know, uh, summarize his uh, message. But in so many words, Giannis was saying that um, <clears throat> he basically told the guy, he's like, you know, every year in your job, if you don't get a promotion, you know, was that a failure of a year for you? No. Every time you um, go get something, do you get rewarded for it? No. Does that mean it's a failure? Michael uh, Jordan played 16 years in the NBA, won six titles. So that mean the other nine years of failure? No. Um, so, you know, everybody was, you know, like, oh, man, that was such a dope answer and everything like that. Um, so I stayed quiet about it because, you know, I don't, you know, always express my opinion on social media platforms too much. But I did want to talk about this um, because I, I did have a small issue with it. Um, and so from my perspective, um, I felt like when Giannis heard that question, and I think Giannis did a really good job of keeping his answer not personal and not directed at the reporter and trying to speak openly and you know broadly about the topic. But I felt like he initially took it personally um, and didn't catch himself fast enough. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is, is because when we talk about sports and specifically team sports, um, regardless of the level all team sports have one common goal one you win mm -hmm. and that common goal is to win it all mm -hmm. so when i heard Giannis say you know like yes we didn't win the championship this year but it doesn't mean the year is a failure and things like that okay that is a very optimistic way to look at you know individual accomplishments and stuff like that but as a team you failed as a team, you did not accomplish your team goal. Individually, everybody individually on that team can have individual successes and accomplish individual goals. But as a team, you fail. In team sports, the reason team sports are so revered and glorified and thousands of people invest millions of dollars into team sports is because that drive, that hunger, that desire to win it all to be the final team standing at the end of the season is why all these individuals come together amongst a team to participate. And I think by him saying that, now, once again, now, are there some teams realistically that, you know, okay, they might not have the squad that season to win it all, being realistic. And we know that there are some teams that absolutely have no chance whatsoever of winning, you know, a championship or anything like that. So in individual cases, are there some teams who might have maybe smaller goals of, hey, let's make the playoffs this year. We done, we've been rebuilding our team. We got some quality pieces. Let's see if we actually got something here. Let's make the playoffs and then see what happens. Can that be a team goal? Absolutely. Let's say you're in complete rebuild mode. Like a team I know in the NFL that's going to be in complete rebuild mode after this season when they get rid of the quarterback, but I'm not going to name no names. When they go in complete rebuild mode, their goal might be, look, we're in complete rebuild. Let's have a winning season. Let's just be above 500. That would be an accomplishment for this team this season. I can understand that. I can live with that. I've been on teams like that. What I cannot live with, what I cannot accept, is that when a team who is favored, a team that is loaded, a team that has top talent across the board, a team that has three of some of the 15 best players in the entire league, when their leader says, we didn't fail, even though we didn't win the championship, that's BS. I'm sorry. 
So you, so you consider the Eagles a failure because they lost the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, well, let me, well, 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 let me back up. Let me back up. Because you're about to get I, hate, man. I think it, I think it, I think it will. I, well, so if you if you to ask me at the beginning of the season where the Eagles going to win the Super Bowl, I told you hell no. Like, why would you even right, say they're going to win? Because you dogged them. You at the beginning of the yeah, season, so, you was like, they ain't going no way. Right. So. And, and I thought, and I, so I think, I think in a season for the Eagles, I think they overachieved and whatever goal they had, they probably overachieved it. They made it to the Super Bowl. I don't mm-hmm. think none of us expected it. Now I know your husband's going to be like, oh, no, we expect to go every year. Don't stop the cowboy air. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't sound like no cowboy. But do <laughs> I think it's important to notice that you know, in a situation like that, like I just said, you know, oh, I'm frozen. So I don't even okay. know I can hear you. Right I can hear you. Keep talking. You were frozen, but you we can hear you. That's whenever I unfreeze, I can finish my point. <laughs> Give him a second, folks, to get his life together. He's coming back. Somebody must not like what I was. So, so for future uh, reference, I could hear you. I couldn't. You were frozen, but we could still hear you. So he was in the process of going on his Eagles rant <laughs> about whether or not they failed and what have you and. I personally think that I, I have mixed emotions about what um, what he was saying, meaning that meaning that in part, I think that it it takes into consideration what the ultimate goal was. Obviously, most teams want to win the championship. Um, and if they don't, does it mean that you fail? I think that's subjective. And um, some people may say, hey, we failed because we didn't win the Lombardi or you know, whatever trophy it is that you're trying to get. And some people might say, hey, there's accomplishment to be celebrated because we went so much further than other teams. What came to mind to me is all the, the emphasis that's put on winning the division, right? So you win the division, but you don't go on and proceed through the playoffs to make it to the Super Bowl or to make it to the NBA championship or the MLB championship or whatever the case may be. Does that mean that you failed? I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, so I think, you know, I think that we could debate it all day. I think it all depends on who you ask, whether you're asking a player or a coach or, tra- you know, I, I think that it's, that it's a debate that won't be resolved dependent upon whoever it is that you're speaking to. So it's all good in neighborhood. What I was trying to tell you, sir, is you were frozen, but we could still hear you. <laughs> so, but anyway, you're back. So go ahead, finish up what you were saying. Can't hear you. You're muted. Oh, 
sorry. I had to log, log in through my phone because I was ready to throw my computer out the window, but I hope y'all didn't hear that part either. It's okay. um, I did hear you sound like you uh, don't necessarily agree with my perspective on it. Um, and, that, and that's cool. It's subjective. I think, I think that it's subjective because what, what I was sort of teasing out is, especially in football, right? There's, well, in basketball too, there's all this emphasis on winning the division. We know that everybody starts the season wanting to go to whatever their respective championship game is and win the whole kit and caboodle. But at the end of the day, um, you have to think about who it is you're talking to. It's like, they don't, people aren't talking about, oh, we failed when they win the division. There's so much hype that goes on about winning the division. And I've always said, who cares if you win the division if you don't win the Super Bowl? You know, but there, but, but it, so, know, I, it well, I, so. I, so I think there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that, so, what I don't like about what Giannis said is Giannis is not just a regular NBA player. Mm-hmm. Giannis started as the best player in the entire league. Mm-hmm. You as the best player in the entire league cannot dismiss or poo-poo on how important it is for you as the best player in the league or part of the best team in the league to mm-hmm. win a Because here's mm-hmm. what happened. Here's my two points for why this is detrimental. Number mm-hmm. one, in the long run, because here's what happened. And I, and I think what we're starting to see is a lot of these players are uber wealthy to this point. Giannis has like a $200 million contract. Mm-hmm. That motive, that financial motivation for him to be the best that he can be, mm-hmm. probably very small at this point. You are financially set for the next probably 13 generations of your family mm-hmm. with just be a contract you got. So that so part of your drive and desire to be the best you can be financially is already gone because you've already got that taken care of. Now mm-hmm. at this point, you are solely playing for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. We love basketball. We love football. Why? For the champions. For the mm-hmm. greatest of all time. Because here's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. At the end of Giannis' career, because they're already doing it now. And this is why I think this is a big issue. If you're a player like Giannis, you need to pay attention to this. If you just like a player like me, a role player and stuff like that, this conversation ain't for you. Because if you, whatever you get is probably an accomplishment for you. That's fine. However, when you are regarded as one of the best, and we start talking about who are the best players of their generation and of their time, what is one of the deciding factors we help decide that? Championships. Mm-hmm. You cannot be considered one of the best, one of the greatest of your generation of all time, if you don't win. Let's take football, for example. Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but we don't talk about him. Why? Because he did not win. John Elway will be a nobody. Why? Because his first four times to the Super Bowl got obliterated, got ran off the field. Only reason we revere John Elway as an all-time great is because he actually won two Super Bowls. Tom Brady would be a nobody without those seven Super Bowls. Peyton Manning almost had that same. Look at Peyton Manning's career from the time he started to the time it ended. The first 10 years of his career, they were getting ready to call him a bust because, yes, he had all these regular season numbers, but every time he got to the postseason, he ran into Tom Brady or some fluke Tennessee team or something and got the doors blown off of them. It wasn't until they beat Chicago and then they go back and beat, uh, when he's for Denver, he goes back and beat Carolina that we sit mm-hmm. there saying, oh yeah, Peyton Manning is an all-time great. When you are considered an all-time great of your generation and of the sport, you don't get to sit there and simply say, oh yeah, we didn't win it this year. It's all good. 
No, you failed this season. That's okay. We have to stop being so sensitive about the word failure. Mm. If you do not fail, you don't learn anything. If you just won all the time, if everybody was just allowed to win all the time, what will we appreciate? What will we value? We wouldn't value a championship if everybody in the NFL got a Super Bowl trophy at the end of the season. For what? We wouldn't value the NBA if everybody got a Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. For what? So, yes, for individual teams and individual people, are there certain goals that that might mean more to you than winning it all? Yeah, depending on your team, depending on the situation, yeah. But when you are considered one of the favorites, when you're considered one of the best teams in the league and you're considered one of the greatest players of your generation and of all time, you do not get to rest on, oh, we didn't do it this year. We'll go back and try. You damn right you will. That's why we pay you so much money. <laughs> you don't get to sit there and say, oh, because guess what? If when his contract runs out and he goes to the Bucks and say, well, I need a new contract. Oh, man, man, well, we, we try to give you more money. We want to give you more money. We failed. I'm sorry. We can't give you a new contract. We failed. He ain't going to want to hear that. He's not going to want to hear that. And here's another thing. If we start devaluing winning championships for team sports, why the hell are we paying y'all so many millions of dollars? If the championship got devalued because players are all going around saying, oh, it's bigger than the championship, it's bigger than the championship. No, it's not. In sports, no, it's not. Sports is not life. Sports is a part of life. Yes. Are there things that you should really be stressed about, worried about in the real world? Yes. Bills, family, crime, things like that. That's real stressful stuff. That's real. Basketball is not that stressful compared to life. It can be stressful. There are stressful moments. But if you're trying to compare you losing a championship, you failing in life, you took that personal. I'm sorry. You took it personal. That's BS. We cannot have our best players and our best teams poo-pooing or not winning a championship and dismissing it as, I mean, well, so because we didn't win this year, we failed? Yes, you did. Yes, it's that simple. You failed. It's very that simple. Go back and win it next year. It's that simple. I'm sorry. Can we I move like, on? Yeah. We... You're muted. So um, be, before we go hard with this topic for today, for these next 30 minutes, um, I had a couple of shout outs. I had the distinct pleasure of meeting with Drew DiBiase yesterday. Um, she's doing some extraordinary work in Colorado with professional athletes and mindfulness training, just doing outstanding, outstanding work. And it was so funny because when we were meeting, she, the, her level of passion, Ronnie, she sound like you done it, right? She like she was she was on one hundred, and you know we're just talking about the systemic and the holistic, the what have you, and I'm like I didn't think I mean I, when I you know had read her profile and everything in preparation for the meeting I was like I don't remember her being a clinician, but she sounds like a clinician, like that passion and that fire that was coming out, um, but right. she is extremely extremely well-versed and um, very well-trained in the area of mindfulness. And she is doing some extraordinary work with professional athletes all over the country. Um, she is located in Colorado. So folks, make sure you, you look her up. The name of her organization is Drewsome 
D-R-E-W-S-O-M-E-L-L-C. Um, so really excited to be in collaboration with her on some things that we have coming up. Also thought that it was really, really, really wonderful and just such a tremendous humane act that um, Commissioner Goodell and the NFL uh, honored the families of the UVA players that were um, killed back in November, Deshaun Perry, Lavelle Davis, and Devin Chandler's families. Um, I just thought that that was just such an amazing and beautiful thing to do. You know me, I cry. And I, every year, every year, every year during a draft, something happens that makes me cry. And I'm like, I'm not going to cry this year. And then here he comes. I was like, <laughs> I'm boohooing. Um, we forgot to mention last week that DeMar Hamlin has been cleared um, to play. Ronnie has informed me that I'm not allowed to speak publicly on my opinion about that. So I'm not gonna say anything other than we wish him well. We will continue to lift him in prayer um, and wish him tremendous success in his future endeavors. Um, and that's all I have, Ronnie. Let's talk about, let's talk about no I and team. No I team. Mm -hmm. There's a me in there. There is a me in there. And so, sure. you know, I mean, well, you gotta you gotta move a few letters around and things like that to get to me, but 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 isn't that isn't that the definition of I and team is an uh, individual going above and beyond to make it about them? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, think, I think it all depends on who you ask. Right. And you know, when we talk about when we talk about teams and teamwork and things like that, what are some of the some of the most cliche things you hear coaches say? You know, there's no I in team. Mm -hmm. um, you're as good as the biggest player on the team. You know, mm -hmm. we're, only, we're only as good as our team goes. We're only, we'll only go as far as you all allow us to go. Things mm -hmm. like that. You're only as strong as your weakest link, link. which i.e. your weakest player. Mm -hmm. Right. And we, we hear all these things so many times. And, you know, that's why I always say, when we talked about, um, I think we talked about it with our guests a couple weeks ago, when we talked about, you know, team sports and individual sports. You know, individual mm -hmm. sports, boxing, track, um, mm -hmm. things like that. You know, mm -hmm. it's all about you, and the coaches are all there to help you. Yes, mm -hmm. a lot of especially like track athletes and stuff like that. As a team, they're together as a team, but for them individually, they get to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. Being part of a team is almost like almost like entering a different family, like entering a new family. And one of mm -hmm. the reasons that I love football so much is because one of the great things about football is that a football team has normally has the most members of any other team sport out there, mm -hmm. and really get a sense of the local community that that football team plays in because that football team oftentimes is a microcosm of that society, of that community, you know, but what is, you know, what is the definition of a team player? You know, when we talk about what it means to be a team player and stuff like that. So um, a team player is someone who actively contributes to the group in order to complete tasks, meet goals and achieve, um, meet goals and achieve them. Um, so team players can actively listen to their teammates, they respect ideas, and they aim to improve the team success at hand. So, but how do you do that? What do you go about doing that? What are some things that players need to know and understand about what it means to be a good team player? Number one, understand your role. And mm -hmm. kind of talked about this in our last segment, you know, in, in my rant and everything. And I think one of the most important things to understand about teams is understanding, first of all, the personnel on your team and, and having each member understand their role. And I'll give a great example, and I've talked about this before. 
as an offensive lineman, your role is to be seen, but not heard. Mm-hmm. How many times hear your parents saying that growing up? Hey, look, I need you to be seen, but not heard. Mm-hmm. That's an offensive lineman. Our role, and you know, a lot of times, you know, and we'll just talk, you know, I'll just take football for this for this little bit right here. But when we talk about football, you know, who normally gets all the, the all the glory and stuff? Quarterback, running back, receivers, maybe a linebacker if it's a really good linebacker, maybe a defensive back if they're really good. Mm-hmm. But for the our offensive linemen kind of go just unobserved unless they get a holding penalty, false start, they don't snap the ball, or in the case of um, uh, Trent Williams last year in the playoff game, you start knocking folk out, you know? <laughs> but one of the things that offensive linemen understand is that our role is equally as important as a quarterback's role, if not more. We might not get the verbal praise, we might not get the verbal adulation, but as far as importance amongst the team, if you simply do not have those five people there blocking for the quarterback, blocking for the running back, the quarterback and the running back and the remaining receivers cannot do their job at all. But as linemen, we can't be worried about going out there trying to run routes and catch the ball when our role is right here in front of us. Mm-hmm. That's important to understand. I think also, too, as far as understanding your role and knowing your role is, and this is maybe from a coach's point of view, is when you have a star player or a star athlete on your team, making sure that you put them in position to where they can maximize their role but also the other teammates on that team can understand and not feel one overwhelmed or over by the star athlete, but that their roles all line up in sync. And when we think about, we speak about basketball in that sense of, you know, basketball typically is where you have, like you have one great player and then everybody else is kind of like really good and really decent. And a lot of times you have basketball teams are formulated where you have this really great player but then you have this role, the supporting uh, cast beside them that can do their job really well. You might have one person that can play really good defense on the perimeter. You might have one person that can go stand in the corner and knock down threes all game. You might have another person that's really good at communicating and passing and distributing the ball, but they are not the main player, but they understand their role. I think that is one of the most important things when we talk about teammates and teamwork is knowing your role. When you know your role and you focus on your role, you give your team a better chance at success. Mm-hmm. When you look at football, football is nothing more than synchronized swimming just on a field. You know, when you think about linemen, you have five awesome offensive linemen who have to move in synchrony. And, you know, not to get too technical or anything like that, but when you see offenses running zone schemes and stuff like that, and for those who know what zone schemes are, if you ever look at an offensive line when you're running a zone scheme, more times than not, all five linemen are moving in the same direction. So if we're running the ball to the left and we're doing zone left, you can literally watch all five linemen damn near take the step at the same time going the same way. It's beautiful to look at, but it took five individuals to know their individual role to make the team look good. That's important. Uh, thoughts on that, Dr. Fitz, before I move on to my next one. <laughs> um, I don't have a thought. Go ahead. I don't. I mean, that's not true. So, yeah, I mean, as you're talking, I'm like, I just kept hearing the word blown assignment, right? Like, if you just, if you do not do what you're supposed to do, i.e., not doing your job, then it throws everything off and you end up with penalties. You end up with all types of, you end up with injuries. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. we, how many times have we seen that 
because a tackle was missed and you know you, I mean you used the, the term dolly walked you like you how did you it's like how did that happen you see you know you always hear this expression they the running back ran it straight up the gut yep and it didn't or these plays where they go into the end zone untouched what what does that what just happened how, how, who, what were you supposed to be doing? Right, did, exactly. did, did he just, that the, the quarterback, look, that Jalen Hurts <laughs> just ran smooth in and nobody touched him. And what, what are you doing going on right now? Like that. You see the DB stuff and I thought you had him. No, you had right, him. Everybody's still looking dumb. <laughs> everybody got a dumb face. So, yes. So, so I totally agree that. If you are not doing your job and you 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 see it in real time, you see it in the movies, do your job. And if you don't do your job, it's gonna be hell to pay in the locker room because you're gonna get your back kicked in. The case oh. in point, and I bring it up all the remember a couple of seasons ago, a couple of seasons ago, when the Redskins were still the Redskins. Oh, <laughs> yeah, two different alignment on oh, yeah. yeah, and they got to fight each other on the sideline. Oh my gosh. They were college teammates too. That's the crazy yeah, part. It's like, okay, so if you don't do your job, your own teammate allowed to beat you up on the sideline. Oh, to beat you up okay. on the sideline. What is going on right now? Oh yeah. yeah that's real. So it's serious. It is it is definitely something that people need to take seriously and not pass the buck and take responsibility and accountability. You you'll you'll see that even with quarterbacks, if they overthrow the receiver, the breath, you know what, that was on me. You'll see the receivers, that was on me. It's like, what were you doing over there? And I was throwing, what are you doing? My bad, you know, so you you have to do that. But then there's times that you don't. Then right. there's times I, that people don't take accountability and responsibility. It was like, nah, bro, you, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You weren't where you were supposed to be. So don't go looking over there. That's you. Own it. Right. That because that was my next um that was my next tip is being able to hold yourself accountable you know yeah, yeah. About it. like you said it's one thing to know your role and do your role but when you mm -hmm. miss it you don't do your role yes mm -hmm. coach might you know bust your butt and everything and yell at you and you know hey you know pay attention wake up are you here all those type mm -hmm. of things but you know also too part of being a great team and being great teammates is being able to police your own as well too you know mm -hmm. because Sometimes in the midst of the game, you can have where, let's say, for example, I've had where uh, one of my guards had gotten to one of the defensive linemen because they've just been bickering back and forth. And mm -hmm. now see where his mind is all on, I'm just trying to destroy him. After the right. game, I'm trying to destroy him. And you, yeah. as, a, as a great team leader and a teammate, you got to be like, hey, hey, bro, look, hey, 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 that's not right. right. That's not a now. Yeah, you yeah. Just continue to do your job. Stop letting yeah. them talk. Ignore it. Sometimes yeah. you have to your own teammates and everything and hold them accountable and also hold yourself accountable too. Mm -hmm. I've seen times where, uh, funny enough, um, in the championship game in 2014, our punter, uh, he was a freshman punter and everything, um, but he literally shanked the punt and it only went 11 yards and we were already on our own 20 yard line. Um, and, you know, as opposed to in the moment, you know, him holding himself accountable, that was a bad punt, that's on me. Coach got into him. He literally almost quit during the game. Like, yeah, literally almost quit doing thing. We almost, I mean, we probably could have punted better than he could in that game anyways because he didn't have a punt. He didn't have a single punt over 20 yards, which is embarrassing as a college punter. That's neither here nor there. But when we tried to hold him accountable, you know, he lashed out, had a little, you know, temper tantrum on the sideline and everything. But, you know, 
that's an example right there of not really working in favor of your team. So it's really important. Can I speak to that for a minute? Go ahead. Because I think that, and I'm glad that you gave that example because I think on a much deeper level, you know, my, me and my, my system's thinking, I think on a much deeper level, that speaks to who he is at his core, right? It's, it's oh. those scenarios are, are indication that this is a deeper issue that if you look back over that person's life, you'll probably be able to pinpoint specific occasions where that was his MO. He didn't take responsibility and accountability. Well, guess what, people? That's learned. That's right. learned. That's saying that you grew up in an environment, you were permitted to not take responsibility or accountability. Yeah. I was looking for it while you were speaking. There was a phenomenal, phenomenal quote that was on LinkedIn this morning from the women's basketball coach, I believe in South Carolina. And she, you, you see that? And she was talking about how parents are so busy protecting their kids from wanting to experience failure because they don't want them to go through what they went through, that in essence, you're enabling them. In essence, you're infringing upon their ability to actually learn from their mistakes and to take responsibility and accountability for whatever it was that transpired that led to the perceived failure. So what I really appreciated about that is, again, it speaks to that systemic piece, right? And so oftentimes we talk about um, parents trying to live vicariously through their athletes. Well, all of that's tied together. That's the systemic piece, right? This kid didn't just show up miraculously at a Virginia State game and have a bad game punting and just all of a sudden wasn't accountable. That is a, a behavior that he had been demonstrating, my guess would be throughout the entire course of his life. So we, and we talk about this all the time. Athletes do not live in a bubble. The, the, they're men, they're people, they're women, they're boys, they're girls that have learned a whole lot of behaviors many of which are not serving them well in the athletic setting. And oh, by the way, they, you know, they got coached up or they have really raw talent and they're extraordinary as far as their athletic performance, right. but their people skills are trash. Yeah. And, and if, if, if I were to tell you more about our punter on that team, you'd mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, he was, he was very entitled. He came from an, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what, family socioeconomics were, but he came from a very affluent area in uh, Northern Chesterfield, uh, mm -hmm. Psycho actually. Um, so yeah, no, he, yeah, that, that description right there. Yeah. That wasn't one time thing. That was actually, that was a very, that was actually the course of the season. Every time he got cursed that he would throw a temper tantrum and things like that. Um, so yeah, um, that, that's actually a really great point. Um, and to, and coach Staley's point, this is, this is why to, to, you know, argue Giannis's point, there are failures in sports. Like there just is, you know, without failure, you don't learn anything. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Another great point. And I think this is really important, especially when you get to the collegiate level as a teammate, being yeah. flexible. <laughs> what does that mean? So a lot of times we see this happen all the time. A lot of times the position you play in high school yeah. um, might not be the position you play in college. And yeah. so just, Quick example, I've shared this example before. When I was in high school, I played guard and tackle. And mm -hmm. I was being recruited by Virginia State. I was being recruited to come in and fill in their left guard position. First day of summer camp, first day of summer practice, I walk out on the field. 
my O-line coach looks at me and says, hey, I need you to go uh, practice with the Simmons. And I tell everybody, when I first, when he first looked, looked at me and said that, I looked at him and was like, who? Who, who going to play center? You thought there was an owl out there. Mm-hmm. I was against it. I hated it. Didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But also, more importantly, in the, in the grand scheme, in the long term of things, me being in that position allowed us to have other players come in and fill those positions that you didn't need me to move up and down the line. I could stay at one position. We had people come in and fill those positions, and we were able to build a cohesion and a bond together to work together mm-hmm. to propel us in the final two years of my career. But a lot of times, players don't understand that some situations, you know, you might have been a, a phenomenal running back, uh, tight end, receiver in college. I mean, in high school. But when you get to college, we said this before. When you get to college, everybody was phenomenal at their school. Right. Everybody best. And you might have something that a coach might see in you that you might not have seen in yourself yet. And right. they're trying to walk you through and work you through and highlight that and expose it to you. So, you know, you are not just this one dimensional or two dimensional player. You are an athlete. Yeah. And, some, and sometimes as players, we have to be able to pull our pull our head out our you know what to be able to mm-hmm. see what we're doing. We've seen mm-hmm. this also um, with Lamar Jackson when he was going to the draft and you know granted it worked out in his favor we also see this happen to the professional levels where you might play a position in college but mm-hmm. the only way you're drafted to make it to the nfl is you might you have to play a different position being flexible because your individual goals and stuff like that once again have to mesh and align with the team goals mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. your individual goals and preferences do not mesh or align with the team you will mm-hmm. clash and it'll mm-hmm. be all so being mm-hmm. able to flexible and understand the flexibility of you and the position amongst your team mm-hmm. is important sometimes for doing it for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's a great um, point. And it reminds me um, one of our players on the Cowboys, Tyron Smith. It was this um, when one of our players got injured and they were moving him from yep. I think right tackle to left tackle. And it was mm-hmm. an adjustment, but he was willing to do it. And there truth be told, there was grace extended while he was making that adjustment. But the flip side of that coin that I think that it's really important to point out, because there's been a lot of chatter about it this week with the NFL draft, is Mm -hmm. how previously in the NFL, Black quarterbacks were Mm -hmm. discouraged and and not welcomed in the league as a Black quarterback. And they were being required to change their position because they were deemed not smart enough, not agile enough, not talented enough. And so the highlight that's being placed on the draft this year is the fact that what we had five black, three, three black quarterbacks that were being looked at. And this, this monumental shift that's happening in the league that is worthy, you know, is worthy of being discussed. It's worthy of being highlighted because I, I know I'm not the only one that noticed, but at the very beginning of the draft, when they brought all of the players out that were, you know, those forefront runner players that were anticipated to go in mm-hmm. the first round, all of them were black, except for the young man from Kentucky. And we see he didn't go in the first round. So I think that it's something to be said, but particularly at that quarterback position, and even some of the quarterbacks, the the um, Lamar Jackson, uh, 
used to be Russell Wilson. Um, why am I drawing a blank on Kansas City's quarterback? Oh, what Patrick is this Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Donovan McNabb, some of those, those really, really, really phenomenal agile quarterbacks that are just like, yeah, are you a quarterback? <laughs> like, yo, you dragging the whole freaking line. But right. it's it's that versatility. It's that mm-hmm. versatility that you speak of that makes them a double threat, a triple threat to be able to get it done. The flip side of it is the, um, well, not the flip side, you know, the little, the, the New Orleans, um, that backup quarterback for the, the, oh, for, oh, for oh. the Saints. Yep, yes. Also, it was like, stop giving him the ball. <laughs> like he is that's just, a, that's, a great, that's a great example of somebody being flexible to get on the field. They always get on the field and flexible. Yeah, he's phenomenal. So I'm like, okay, are they putting him in as a running back? Are they putting him in as a quarterback? Are they putting him in as a receiver? That boy's doing everything. He's phenomenal. He is absolutely positively phenomenal. So I absolutely positively agree with you around the flexibility piece. Um, What's your next point? So my final two, my final two characteristics of what make a a quality teammate are um, you must have a positive attitude and Mm. you commit to the team. Um, and I think can I go first this time go ahead go ahead you got it go ahead so I love 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 because I wrote it down I was like I know you're gonna say it I know you're gonna say it the the whole mindset of attitude reflects leadership that is Mm -hmm. so important that is so important so important so important whether you're in sports or in business or in life you can look at the team culture as it relates to the overall attitude and you can literally pick out the players you can pick them out you can tell from their interviews you can tell from their attitude and their behavior during the game you can tell you know even some of the things that we hear about them in the media who just has trashy attitude and it makes all the difference in the world, I believe, in the longevity of their careers, regardless whether we're talking high school, collegiate, or pros, in any sport, it is their attitude is going to either sustain the longevity of their careers, you know, barring injury, or it's mm-hmm. going to shorten because that attitude, it's like when I when I think about you know, you already took your cheap shots about my Dallas Cowboys, but when I think about, you know, the different things that people have said about, you know, some of the issues that the Cowboys have had over the years with players with legal issues, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I believe that people will agree on, Jerry Jones ain't about no, no grit. You shut your mouth, <laughs> shut right. your mouth, shut your mouth. You, you can, you can do a whole bunch of stuff, but Jerry Jones ain't about no crazy attitude. He is not about no crazy attitude, and you will hear on talk radio that you don't have a job. <laughs> you are yeah. out of there. You are out yeah. of there. You think about players like T.O. You think about players like Antonio Brown and some others that phenomenal, I mean, just absolutely extraordinary athletes. But okay. that attitude, yep. and they was ahead, and it and cost I- them their career prematurely, and it's so unfortunate. <laughs> I think another important part about that too, like you said, is that when we talk about the team, yeah. it's big you. 
and and the reason I say that is, and I and I and I shared this. Answer in the locker room. Right, and so, and on top of that, when you come in as a freshman on a college team, you know, when when you are a high school senior and stuff like that, and you're being recruited by all these colleges, you are seeing the best version of the coaches, yeah. um, you know, whatever players they've identified from the team to you know walk you on your recruiting trip and stuff like that. You are mm-hmm. being the absolute best that the school has to offer. But when you go out there day one of summer training, you're seeing the real. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed, and, I, and I've said this before, one of the first things I noticed about when I got to Virginia State was, is how the, the older players, how the juniors and seniors on the team mm-hmm. did not have that mutual respect for the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, for me being recruited by the coaches and, and being a, a scholar athlete, you know, they talked to me a certain way, treated me a certain way, made me feel like, you know, hey, everything's going to be you know, taken care of. Mm-hmm. You get out, start talking to some of the players who've been there three, four, five years, and see yeah. how things go. You starting to see like, mm, this ain't really, you know, like this ain't how it's supposed to go. And then you got yeah. you know, the seniors not coming to meetings, you mm-hmm. know, arguing the stuff, trying to fight the coaches and everything. So mm-hmm. when I say it's different than the individual as far as having a positive attitude, it's bigger than you because as, when you are in a position of uh, of a leader, when you're a team captain or one of the you know position leaders and stuff, you have to understand how you handle these situations with coaches, other teammates, and things like that. The younger players see that, and that's their ticket to say, "Oh well, he's a he's good, mm-hmm. yeah." And you're, they ain't saying nothing to him, so why can't I do it? So when having a positive attitude is more than just how you talk to people individually; it's how mm-hmm. your team, you handle those situations as well too. And then close it up when we talk about committing to the team. Mm-hmm. You have to be all in. Yeah. You have to, when we, when it's just like being in a family, just like being in a relationship, a marriage, whatever the case may be. You have to be all in. Yeah. I'm gonna give and if y'all. If you're not, it shows, and it doesn't take long. Right. It it can't be I give y'all 75 percent of myself, but I'm gonna keep right. this 25 here just in case something go wrong. Right. No. You have to be all in as a teammate. Sold so, right. And so if you feel like some of these characteristics that we've just described are things that you are working on or maybe have not um, really grasped yet, here are some things you can do to become a better teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, ask for help, you know? And what I mean by that, if you're a freshman or even if you're a player who's been on the team for a couple of years, but you know, you, you're trying to find your place within the team, you're trying to find your role, trying to, you know, find your value within the team, Mm-hmm. Cling, on, cling on to an upperclassman, cling on to a senior or a junior or something like that, or somebody, a team captain who's well-established, well, you know, and knows how to handle those situations that can talk to you. Sometimes for players, you know, we always say, you know, when we ask for help, go talk to a coach or something like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of players might not feel comfortable going and talk to coaches or administration about, you know, vulnerable things about where yeah. do I fit amongst the team, you know, or I don't feel like I have a role amongst the team, or I don't feel like, you know, I'm accepted. Those mm-hmm. are conversations have with your team captains, your position leaders, the upperclassmen, because they can give you and relate to you in that sense of they're in your age bracket. They're currently doing what you're doing from your perspective, from your side of the position and everything. So mm-hmm. being able to get their insight and cling on to them can kind of help you become a better teammate. With yeah. that, actively listening. I always tell people, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should listen mm-hmm. more, talk less, unless you mean you talk too much. But, you know, hey, you learn. Communication. One of the biggest things that can build a team or break a team is communication. Mm-hmm. If 
is cannot communicate with each other. If you can't talk when things are going great and you can't talk when things are absolutely horrible, you do not have a solid sound team. Communication is huge. Yeah. Just as important as communication, communication might be 1A, 1B is respect. Mm. You have, oh, to, have to respect the people that you walk in the locker room with and the mm. coaches in the coaching office. Because if you show no respect, once again, just like we talked about with being, um, you know, being committed to the team and also having a positive attitude, having that respect is bigger than you as the teammate. People are watching, fans, younger, uh, younger players, uh, mm -hmm. administration have to show respect. Be a problem solver. One of the biggest things that teams can always do is police themselves. When you have an issue amongst a team, being able to problem solve amongst a team that keeps coaches, administration, uh, police, news, any type of negative uh, attention and things like that, that you can police amongst yourself, be great problem solvers. And the, my last tip on how to be a better teammate is celebrating other teammates' success. Once uh, again, yes. you know, and, and I get, especially at the collegiate level, when once again, when you get to college, everybody's a man, everybody was all state, all conference, all those things. But mm -hmm. if you find yourself on the bench, or, you know, you find yourself, maybe you've lost your starting position, an injury, or maybe the person behind you is just better than you. Yeah. Once again, and I think, and to summarize this example right here, mm -hmm. think of Hurts when he was at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And there's one way I could paint this picture. When Jalen Hurts was at Alabama in the championship game against Georgia, he got pulled at halftime for Tua Tagalavoa. Mm -hmm. Tua game, Jalen Hurts was just as happy for Tua, but it wasn't about Tua. And Jalen Hurts said that. He said, man, we just won the national championship. Right. We. He didn't say he. He didn't say right. me. He said we. Right. I can't summarize that answer read better than that because that is, I mean, an all-time classic example of somebody being a phenomenal teammate and celebrating another teammate's success. That Can is I speak to that for a quick second? Because he I said have, with all this money that he got, he said all the money is good, but I want to win championships. Right. He just said it because he's got a beast of a contract too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's got a beast too. Shout out to black women that's been negotiating contracts too. Yeah, yeah. Alma Jackson, uh, I think her name is Lynn Nicole or something like that. Yeah. Nicole Lynn, uh, Jalen Hurst's agent. Shout mm -hmm. out to all and I hear yeah. uh, negotiating phenomenal deals. Shout out to you all. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, I, I ain't got nothing else on top of that. I, I'm good. So, uh, uh, real, real quick, um, as, as we're wrapping up, um, so I'm gonna I'm jumping from the show today. Um, in a few minutes, I'm going to be interviewed on Claim Your Potential podcast with Sophie Lindbergh. Her podcast, yeah, man, her podcast is dedicated to empowering women and girls of all ages. So super duper 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 excited um, about that. She wants to talk about business and financial, academic, emotional, professional empowerment of women. So I'm so excited and so honored um, to, to appear as a guest on her podcast. So check her out. It's Claim Your Potential with Sophie Lindbergh. Um, just doing some extraordinary work for women's empowerment. She's on Apple Podcasts, so you can definitely download that and check that out. If you're a woman or girl, if you know a woman or girl that could definitely benefit from being empowered. Um, hey, Ronnie. Uh-oh, what's up? Guess what? You know, 
that since I was a little kid, my favorite per color has always been majestic purple. And next week, we have the purple and white. Oh, yeah. In the house next week. Folks, you do not want to miss next week's show. We, oh my God, we are so excited. We are so hyped, so hyped, so hyped, so hyped, so hyped about next week's show. It is going to be an extraordinary show. And, 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 and you know what? I just want to go ahead and put this preliminary announcement out there so that we can start to, to raise the excitement. The lineup that is falling in place for the 2023-2024 season of House Talk pregame is off the freaking charts, man. When I say the guests that we have confirmed already for like the first couple of months, and it's just like, I mean, the request from athletes, former professional athletes, current, like coach, I mean, I give all praise, honor, and glory to God. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what your belief system is. That's mine. That's ours. And we thank God for the fact that so many people all over the country and truth be told around the world are hearing this message that we are putting out with so much heart and passion each and every single solitary week. We count it an honor and a privilege to be able to work with the people that we are working with. Um, this, this lineup, we are, look, Ronnie, the, the remainder of this season, the remaining, yeah. what we've got, Today's the, 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 the 22nd, so we got, today's the 29th. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows left for this season. We're loaded. The bases are loaded. <laughs> the, the bases are loaded. We, we on the one yard line about the score. We, there's four seconds left on the clock and Michael Jordan has the ball. Like, yo, <laughs> we are doing the darn thing and I just I'm humbled and I'm grateful and I am so incredibly thankful for the people um, just all over that see the value in this content that we are so committed to putting out that they want to be a part of our discussion so super excited about what's to come on HC but y'all don't want to miss next week next week gonna be real we're probably gonna go over next week next week probably gonna be an hour and a half show you know because it's it's real. It's going to get real, real, real next week. So super duper excited. That's all we have, folks. It's Saturday. It's 55 cold degrees in Fort Worth. I'm feeling some type of way, but it's okay. Y'all have a wonderful Saturday. Yeah. And if Raph is, is on for rounds five, six, and for rounds four, five, six, and seven, so you don't want to miss that. Yeah. And enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll see you back here next weekend with purple. Purple is, is the theme color. Next Saturday, folks. Wear your purple. Wear your purple. Show your love. Show your love. Have a great, great show, too, on the uh, other podcast. Have a great show. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, look, y'all, y'all tune in back next week. Got a phenomenal show. As always, we appreciate everybody. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>